Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, David, and with me as always is my co-host, Michael. Hey, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're back after a, a wait, unless you've been not been listening for a while and this is just the next episode. Uh, and if so, yeah, we didn't take a break at all. All right, things have just been really busy lately, buying houses, selling houses, moving, and wrapping up businesses, all kinds of different things, right? So, hey, but enough about that. We're here to talk about important things. So what's the main topic of uh, discussion today? Well, one of the things that we had talked about before we took the break was we were going to be talking about cartoons. Uh, You know, like you said, important things. So these are things that obviously were imprinted on us as kids growing up. That was the primary television programming that was... uh, featured to us, you know, directed to us, marketed to us. That, that's right. This is uh, programming just for us, even though it seems like our dad was watching it when we were watching it too. Right, yeah, and I know that there's different um, maybe children's hosts as kids. Ours in West Virginia was Mr. Cartoon, and he would be with his cartooners, which were the studio audience. He had a... Uh, co-host or a, a mascot beeper who uh was there to uh i don't know he was mainly there i don't know if he was to scare the kids or to cause trouble or uh you know just kind of be humorous yeah he he had his own variety of things he would do he would um try to you know one of the i guess running jokes was messing up beaver's hair was part of it and not that his hair was really coiffed or anything nice. He was just this green-looking monster thing. So you really couldn't tell much of a difference between when his hair was messed up and not. But Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know if he was meant to be scary. He kind of struck me as a little bit scary, maybe when I was younger, and I just kind of got over it as I, as I went. I would still like a beeper action figure, though. Yeah, please, cool. or a plush or something, anything. <laughs> um, it has to have cloth hair or fur hair because you can't have to mess it up. Yeah, but I remember Mr. Cartoon, he would always, you know, want the audience to be part of the program. So whenever there was a cartoon ready to go, he would, well, they would have to say one, two, three, roll them or something like I that. I think something like that. I can't remember the details because it's been a long time. And I'm not even sure if he's available on YouTube for those who are interested in looking at Mr. Cartoon. I'm sure you could Google it and figure out what was going on. But he would show a variety of cartoons. And I believe uh, one of those or a set subset of those were Tom and Jerry. Yeah, definitely Tom and Jerry was part of the mix. I was always happy to see Tom and Jerry come on. Um, they were one of my favorites growing up. I mean, it's just a simple idea of cat and mouse um, boiling against each other, but there was a lot of good uh, humor with those cartoons. Yeah, and that's going to be the main topic of the episode today as to Tom and Jerry cartoons. And as you had said, and I agree, this was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. It was laugh out loud funny to me, not, and not just to me. Also, as you mentioned, our dad would be watching with us sometimes. And, and, and our sister too, yeah. And our sister too, yeah. Mom, not so much, but she would a little bit. And uh, yeah, they, they would laugh out loud. They were just, the, the violence was so over the top. It was integral to the, the show. It was ridiculous, but it was just really, really humorous. I guess it was Lampoon later with Eugene Scratchy and the Simpsons to an to an ultra violent extent. Right, exactly. That was one that took it. Obviously, that was the impetus or the inspiration for those characters and ones that took it to a ridiculous extreme. <laughs> yeah, most things on that show did. Right. Yeah. So um, this uh, just you know a little background. These started off with MGM, and uh, they were done by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, who obviously went on to do. 
great things on their own. But these were, uh, when they were working with MGM, they were working uh, under Fred Quimby, was the producer of these. And he, uh, it, they took off very much. Now, when they first started out, they w- it wasn't Tom and Jerry. Tom was called Jasper in the first episode that he was in. So uh, Jasper and Jerry, or did, I guess the mouse probably didn't even have a name. Mouse didn't have a name. No. Uh, but eventually it, it went to Tom and Jerry uh, as the names for the cat and the mouse. Do we even know why they were called Tom and Jerry? I should have looked into that. I don't know specifically why. I think it's because it was Tom, Tom Cat. He was a Tom Cat. That, so that makes sense. And Jerry Mouse, I'm not sure completely why that was. That's probably something that I could have or should have looked at. That's okay. That'll give us an exercise for the audience to uh, check out. Right. So, yeah, but in their first uh, short, it was just, they looked a little different, too. Tom was more of a light gray uh his his face was a very different from what you would consider when you picture Tom Cat in your head. Uh, as the style of the two characters matured, they they got them a more of a standard look during what I'm calling this golden age of Tom and Jerry that was under Hannah and Barbara. Yeah, because there were different phases. I do remember that because sometimes I would say, "Oh, it's a Tom and Jerry," but you could just tell after the cartoon started, maybe even before. Oh, this is different. The sounds are different. The music's different. You know, and there's so many things that just kind of stood out to say, oh, it's one of those episodes. Yeah, and we're going to talk all about the different phases of Tom and Jerry. Uh, we're gonna, starting with the, the golden age, what I'm calling it, the, uh, under the MGM Hanna-Barbera. They did 114 oh my different goodness. episodes, yes, of, uh, of Tom and Jerry. And, and one of the reasons that I think this worked was because of Hanna and Barbera's understanding of the characters, uh, the relationship that was, you know, okay, it's simple. A cat is chasing a mouse. But it was also complex in that sometimes they would show empathy for each other. Sometimes they would have a truce against a common enemy. Uh, and so it's, it's some of those episodes where it wasn't just as straightforward are ones that stick out to me. But that I really enjoyed most of them. Yeah, they had a very complicated relationship. Sometimes it was just as simple as... I'm the cat. I'm going to either eat you, Jerry, or I'm going to throw you out of the house. But yeah, then there were some times where there was some common threat that they had to had let their powers combine and work against. Right. And w- one of the ones I think of is like, um, I think it was called mouse cleaning, where Tom made a mess. And his owner said if he made a, if the house was dirty when she got back or when she checked that he would get it thrown out. And so Tom's running around the house cleaning. He's not even worried about Jerry, but Jerry's just trying to get him in trouble and making a mess. And Tom has to clean it up. Yeah, I do remember very classic things. Like, I think there was like some ink involved and stuff. Just R- making a huge mess everywhere, which is, you know, <laughs> Tom's reactions at the messes are one of the best parts of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I tell you, one of the things that sticks out in a lot of people's memories and certainly in mine is, uh, the sound effects of this, particularly Tom's screams of pain. It, he had a, a wide variety of screams, as I recall, and they were all pretty uh, humorous uh, in their variety, their length, and <laughs> their right. repetition, I guess. It was actually the, who did that was William Hanna himself. Oh. They just, he would scream and they would cut off the beginning and end of the scream. So it would just be an instant full volume scream as opposed to a deep breath and then a scream. Oh, okay. And uh, do you have any of those screams that we can I, I, uh, sample? Yeah, I do. I, I went to YouTube, and I, there's a 
<laughs> well, there's like one that's 10 hours of Tom just screaming. <laughs> I'm not going to play that, but there is this one that's a compilation of different screams, and I'll play that just for a, a minute here. Oh, or, yeah, that would be great. I would like maybe, to hear that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not a minute, but a little bit here. Okay, let's let's hear it. A lot of screaming there. Oh, yeah, definitely a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, I, always, I always had that uh, repetitious scream. Like, it was not just one scream. It was almost like a, a yodeling scream there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one that sticks out in my head, too. And there was just, and you'll hear that in the background. And this is another thing that I think marks this as a golden age of Tom and Jerry is the music, the orchestration by Scott Bradley. This is not the postmodern jukebox guy. That's got, that's, that's, he's got two E's at the end of Bradley. This is Scott Bradley who was uh, who did the music for this, along with some other Tex Avery cartoons that you remember well. Yeah, the, the music really does have a very important part to play. You know, it's not just as simple to say, well, that's the background music. It's not even, you know, going what's know following along what's happening but it actually is it really ties into the action and ties it all together right so if you go into uh, spotify you can find some tom and jerry and tex which is a scott bradley uh album which has some music from the tex avery cartoon shorts and some of the tom and jerry as well i'll have to add that to my playlist while i'm working and say so thinking about cartoons while i'm working right so i mean if you think of does Tom and Jerry have a theme song? If it pops into your head, you're thinking of probably the beginning of the Tom and Jerry cartoons with uh, the Scott Bradley theme of it when they all kind of start the same. And I'll play that too. And then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the music. All right, good. Yeah, that is pretty much the classic one. I didn't really notice the the, the drums were just going crazy in the background <laughs> yeah. until now. Yeah, and I don't know how many variations on a theme. Uh, I haven't listened to all of this album, but I was looking over it. I was, I was doing research for the episode, and uh, there may be changes slightly in the orchestration. Like you said, the drums going crazy in this version versus some of the other ones. But they may be consistent in all of them. But I just remember that. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's kind of okay. Now be excited because Tom and Jerry's going to come on, and you're going to laugh. All right, those are the fanfare call to uh, action. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, th this was uh, these episodes. Uh, several of them won Academy Awards uh, for short subject. So that you could tell that this was uh, not just my opinion that these were high quality. These were very high quality uh, by the Academy, whoever they were at the time, as well. And I guess a lot of these were originally in theaters as as a Beginnings, like before movies, they would show a couple cartoons. Exactly, yeah. These did not start out on television. They started out in theaters and were eventually released to television. And uh, I guess you would call it syndication. Yeah, uh, like mostly either Saturday mornings or weekend or uh, I mean, afternoon 
weekday programs. Right. And, and one thing I liked about the cartoon as well, I meant to mention earlier, but is sometimes Tom would win, uh, which was not indicative if you think of something like uh, the Roadrunner and the Coyote. Wiley Coyote never won uh, it, unless there was some kind of technicality. Uh, but, but Tom would sometimes he'd get the upper hand. And sometimes Jerry was just being a jerk and he got his comeuppance. And sometimes you could sort of tell in the setup of the cartoon at the beginning, all right, who's being the bigger jerk? That's typically who's going to lose. Yeah, it, right, yeah. So, I mean, by far, most of the time, Jerry won. But still, it, there were times when Tom would get the upper hand. And I thought, okay, well, good. This is It's not so simple. I, I liked that for some reason, the, the moral ambiguity of it. It's more interesting if sometimes that can change up. I agree. So um, what are some of your favorite episodes that you remember from the cartoon? Okay, uh, I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to talk about Tom and Jerry. I know there was one where they had a setup to where I believe it was Jerry and his nephew. Uh, they were going to do some skating. I think it was called Mice Follies. And they flood the kitchen, which I've been through several floods now. <laughs> and it's kind of horrifying to watch now. But they turn on all these faucets and uh, you have waterfalls of water running into this room. But then they take out a couple wires from the uh, refrigerator. And amazingly, he doesn't shock himself and, and die. <laughs> he, he freezes everything. And this is like instant freeze. And you've got ice everywhere. And they start doing these... Uh, ice skating routines. I just thought it was a really cool look. Yeah, I remember that as a kid, and it was Mice Follies. That's Jerry's nephew's Nibbles, by the oh, okay. way. Uh, and based on my research that I've done, uh, he shows up in a lot of uh, of the cartoons in various forms. Um, but, but yeah, I remember thinking that was neat, too. And, yeah, like you said, going through a flood now, it looks just completely like, oh, no, they've ruined the house. But I remember thinking, oh, man, who, who doesn't want to just flood their, their kitchen and skate across the floor like that. That just looked great. It's obvious. Everyone wants to do that. Right, and they had the spotlight with the jello molds floating around it, and, man, that looked good. I Even wanted as a kid. I wanted to eat the jello. Yeah, I did too, yeah. <laughs> so one of the ones that I, uh, I wanted to bring up was called Designs on Jerry, and it starts off with Tom drawing an elaborate blueprint for a new mousetrap. And then a lot of the uh, the action takes place uh, with the the blueprint mouse uh, interacting with Tom uh, and a blueprint cat. Uh, as a, so more of a I know it's all two dimensional, but this was stick figure almost animation. So it was just I remember it sticking out in my head just visually very different. Yeah, it was very non traditional. You knew when that was coming on at the beginning. The, the, the blueprint are like, oh yeah, I remember this one. This is a good one. Right, and uh, you know, not not to confuse the issue, but I always did like the ones thinking about Looney Tunes, where they would break the fourth wall, and it was almost like the character versus the animator. Uh, that was appointment. Like, oh man, I'm not gonna look away from the screen for this, just because it was very different. And and this one wasn't the same. I mean, you saw them do some, uh, like Tom would untie his animated tail and try to lasso Jerry you know they would they would use the, the the lines on the on the blueprint in different ways so it was it was a weird different cartoon in a way not traditional but st still very entertaining yeah it was a very good one I also remember another one I'm not sure the name of it but it has I think it's Jerry's uncle in it he's a country singer and he keeps trying to get whiskers from Tom because uh, his guitar string breaks and he's he sings uh Kind of a, like a Froggy Went a Courtin' song, but yeah. I remember that memorably uh, as well. Yep, that was 
the episode Pecos Pest, and uh, it was Jerry's uncle Pecos who came oh, okay. to visit. He was uh, that's Suge Fisher who was the uh, the voice of that guy. Okay, well it was it was very memorable uh, the, the song and uh, it just cracked me up. Uh, kind of this uh, almost stuttering way of singing. Uh, I just remember cracking up at it. Yeah, that that was kind of his shtick, his ability to stutter on command. And his facial expressions. He, he did a lot of, like, B-movies with Roy Rogers. And uh, he was even on episodes of, like, Gunsmoke and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, but but he, he, so he kind of had a, a fairly long career. But this was one of the things he's best known for uh, because of that song, that Crambone song. Oh, okay, yeah. It, it, very funny. I don't know if we have it to play or... Uh, oh, we actually do. It's, oh. it's on the uh, same Spotify album. Uh, that I mentioned earlier. So if you go to Spotify, you can see that. Uh, l- let me see if I can locate the portion of the album where that's where that's playing. Okay, well, you know, it doesn't have to be a fact. Oh, there's that theme. Wonderful. It's important. <laughs> Let's see. Here. That's a hard part right in there, and then that you. Crambo killed a liar, liar, flop a doodle, yellow bug, two lot of diddy, cover up top, bottom, and crambo. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and there's, you know, the whole thing's in there. And I do remember thinking that that was just entertaining. Probably, you know, if you had a stuttering problem, not so funny. But certainly as a kid, it just seemed like a funny character. I didn't take it as any kind of offensive thing. So, uh, yeah, but I remember just that, that was another good episode that I remember. Yeah, ooh, it's special. It's got a guest star. <laughs> right. And it just happens to be a funny one. Right, and there were lots of, you know, different episodes with, with guest stars in them like that. Um, Neapolitan Mouse, where they go over to uh, and meet Topo, uh, who's a mouse in Italy. Um they had different uh, characters in there that, that you would see sometimes. You would see Mammy Two-Shoes, who owned Tom. And uh, she was more like a, a Mammy archetype. You think of like Hattie McDaniel's character in Gone with the Wind of Mammy, who was uh, uh, just a stereotypical Mammy archetype. Yeah, and I know that she usually changed uh, after that. I think there was an outcry over either racism or insensitivity. So... Wasn't she originally like, oh, she was originally like the Mammy, but then she became British or something? Yeah, it was June Foray who did the voice after that. Um, that they And they rotoscoped the animation to, to even change the look of the character, even the, uh, the, the color of her skin. So it was, it was, a, it was a, different, you know, a choice uh, that I think was made around 86 when TBS, when Ted Turner bought the, the Warner Brothers uh, collection, and including the, the Tom and Jerry cartoons. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was the time frame, but I guess that doesn't make sense. Yeah, because I, I remember distinctly these cartoons, oh, this is different from when I was younger. When, so around that time, the, the cartoons changed, and I, I d- had no idea why, what, what the background was. I understand it now, but at the time I thought, what, did, what happened? That's, that's different from what I remember. Yeah, definitely different. 
So the other, the only other episode I wanted to bring up, and I could bring up several ones, but the one that sticks out is Heavenly Puss, where uh, Tom dies, and he has to get Jerry's forgiveness in order to get to heaven. And so he's just trying to, you know, make amends with Jerry uh, so that he won't go to hell, basically, with where the Spike the Bulldog is down there ready to torture him. I mean, that was the one, like, the, there's, like, a huge escalator in that one, and he's trying to get him to sign this contract, essentially, saying, you know, I forgive Tom, I think, <laughs> right, which is a really weird, I'm sure, you know, you could draw some kind of allegory or, you know, <laughs> some kind of perversion of the gospel in that or whatever, but uh, it, it, I remember just sticking out to it, because, like you said, the giant escalator, and it was just very different, like, oh my goodness, Tom dies in this one, what happened? Yeah, it was a, it was a good episode, though, I remember that, uh, and the escalator especially sticks out to me. I know one time we were in D.C. for work, and we were, had to stop at the Crystal City stop to go to some training, and there's a huge escalator at the Crystal City metro stop. And it's not quite as big as that one, but it sure found that way. It's a long escalator right to the top. You're right, yeah, that does stick in my memory. I remember that as well. So, yeah, there were 114 episodes of those. And then uh, the next incarnation of uh, Tom and Jerry was Gene Deitch. Gene Deitch. I do not remember that name with fondness. Yeah, that's a, that's a love-hate relationship with the Gene Deitch version of Tom and Jerry. Mostly hate. Um, some of it wasn't his fault. Um, he, he was working on a very limited budget. A lot of the animators he was working with had never seen Tom and Jerry. Oh, wow, that explains a lot. Right, and he himself didn't care for Tom and Jerry. He thought it was too violent. He didn't understand it. To his admission, he didn't understand it. So uh, there weren't very many Gene Deitch episodes, were there? I don't think so. No, I think there were like 13 uh, total. So, uh, And and they were characterized by being very strange. Uh, They look strange. Uh, Part of that's just the low budget. Part of it's just the uh, the unfamiliarity that the animators had with the characters. Um, The sound, you know, if you're used to hearing Scott Bradley music and orchestrations in the background... There's just a lot of strange reverb and uh, just odd sound effects throughout. It just sounds very ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're comparing it to the Scott Bradley orchestrations, it is an ugly, probably an apt word. Um, Also, the animation is much more rough. It's very limited. It's not very fluid. Um, The the characterization of the characters is, is different. Uh, Tom has a, an owner who's almost masochistic. He hurts Tom more than Jerry ever did um, and, and his interactions with him. And he's all the time making just, just groans and utterances and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I hated that guy. And the, that, he was the one who was also responsible for like the Dickie Mo, uh, yeah, like the, the Moby Dick uh, send-up that was just... Yeah, that's in the background. It's all like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like it was a strange vocalization choice for that character. And Dickie Mo is one of those episodes. Um, so other character episodes that jump out to me from that is Calypso Cat, um, where Tom falls in love with the Persian cat, and then there's this orange cat Calypso playing on a steel drum, who plays a steel drum throughout the episode, and it's just kind of a catchy tune that sticks in your head. I do remember that. So man, that's probably the pinnacle of the Gene Deitch one, I would guess, because at least I remember that one not hating it. Yeah, I remember the only other one I remember is from the, the opening frame, the Tom and Jerry cartoon kit, which is them on a box with a bunch of different weapons. 
and uh, it's more of a how-to or they just interact as if someone's just making the cartoon uh, on the fly, which is, you know, an interesting choice. I appreciate that. And these were very different from the episodes that you saw under the, the Golden Age, we're going to call it, because th- some of them took place in Greece, or like you said, there were send-ups of Moby Dick. Uh, a lot of the uh, the environments change. It's not just a domestic house. Which I guess, you know, i got to give him some credit and cut him some slack, because after 114 episodes, you start thinking, what else can we do with a cat and a dog? Uh, you know, or a cat and a mouse, I should say, uh, going against each other. So I'll give him a slight pass, but only slight. Right, so then um, the next era of Tom and Jerry was the Chuck Jones era. And and I have mixed feelings about this. Um, Chuck Jones is obviously a legendary animator. I had a lot of uh, experience, obviously, with um, Warner Brothers uh, and their their Merry Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes, I should say. Uh, It created Pepe Le Pew and and characters like that. So... um, but but the problem I have with Chuck Jones is his animation, his style is very stylistic. So you can't you 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 never have to say. I wonder if this is a Chuck Jones, a cartoon. He just you can tell by looking at it. Right. I know that Chuck Jones was primarily the artist or influencing the animation of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, A Christmas Time. Right. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that was while he was under contract with uh, the same the company that he worked with with Tom and Jerry. You know, MGM. So while he was there, that that was worth it. He also did like um, the dot and the line, uh, like a, a cartoon between this, uh, like a love story between a dot and a line that won an Academy Award. That that would sometimes would be more like, oh, this is more a cerebral cartoon. <laughs> I remember as a kid. Yeah, but you could tell sometimes. Sometimes even I think Tom looks like the Grinch or vice versa. Just some of the same artistic decisions that were made. You can tell, oh, yep, this is a Chuck Jones. Yeah, he was very much uh, facial expression he would lean on. And and I get, and it it works. But it's just not the original Tom and Jerry that I was my preference. There were still some episodes that I liked, but Chuck Jones even admitted he didn't understand the characters like Hannah and Barbara did. And again, he was uncomfortable with the violence. And Tom and Jerry doesn't work, in my opinion, without the violence. That's kind of the point. Right. They can't just be, all right, we're going to go on an adventure together and be friends. It's a cat and a mouse. Well, (laughs) funny you should mention that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, So some of the Chuck Jones episodes I remember are, um, there were several that were space-themed, and there was almost like, there was a robo-cat that kind of looked like Tom and a, a Jerry a robot mouse, kind of looks like a pencil, um, a little yellow mouse that were either radio controlled with by Tom and Jerry or by, you know, by themselves having their own sentience. But those stylistically, I, I remember. I guess that was just probably just a product of the time, the space race or whatever. I do think that that's largely true because these took place in the 60s and that, that, that tracks, <laughs> as the kids would say. Uh, but I just wasn't. I didn't like the characterization, the visualizations of the characters, because as you'd mentioned, and to a certain extent, Tom is Wiley Coyote and Jerry is Porky Pig. Uh, they <laughs> just they look uh, like Looney Tunes characters, which I don't want. Them. I want them to look like Tom and Jerry. I don't want them to look like Looney Tunes characters. Right. You know, when you've got things like a comic book and you've got people with different, you know, different artists drawing them, they've got this essentially a Bible of this is what the character looks like. These are the colors. These are how they should be drawn. And I think, to an extent, Chuck Jones 
kept a lot of the design from the classic ones, but he definitely put his own spin on it, and I didn't want his spin on it. I just wanted them to look like how I always thought they looked when I was uh, in, you know, on the other quote-unquote classic episodes. Right, yeah, and there was a lot of um, marketing materials you'll see from that. Um, but but just the look of the characters, as you said, just look very different. Um, I do remember the uh, the beginning of the uh, episodes having the Tom and Jerry with Tom and the Tom his head popping out of the logo and and just kind of like hissing or something at the end of it, uh, and Jerry just kind of plopping into the the Jerry logo. Yeah, it was almost like ascended by the MGM lion roaring. He was putting his head through Tom and meowing. Uh, All right, yeah, that's a good point. That's exactly what it was because it was still under MGM at the time. Yeah, so I mean, I do remember those cartoons. I didn't hate them like the Gene Deech ones. There were still some fond memories of those cartoons. Like you said, I do remember the one with the robot mouse and cat that were being controlled by them. Right, so um, basically the next one I want to talk about is the ones that are less familiar. Um, First is the new Tom and Jerry show. So these are probably after our time or right as not as popular because most of my experience with Tom and Jerry was either Saturday mornings on some station or uh, Mr. Cartoon, like the afternoon show. Right, so the new Tom and Jerry show, that was came out in 75. And you would think, okay, this is Hanna-Barbera or back, and, and, you know, with the characters, which is good, but uh, Hanna-Barbera had at that point had been sold to a company called Taft Broadcasting, and the people in charge wanted to change things up. So, so these are characterized largely by uh, Jerry wearing a red bow tie, Okay, I do remember him wearing a bow tie sometimes. Oh, and then uh, they're friends. Oh, so that I that was when I said earlier about them going on adventures together. I guess I was foreshadowing. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so, and these were they were characterized by limited animation, uh, just a, just a dip in quality that was not uh, obviously didn't translate well for for the uh, for, for for those watching it. Yeah, I don't really remember none of those episodes stick out to me. When you talk about Tom and Jerry shows, I just don't remember any special episode. Yeah, some sometimes they were you know, they were just Saturday morning episodes, and they were thrown when, in with things like Grape Ape and Mumbly, and uh, different characters, Hanna Barbera characters. Okay, so just part of the lineup. We might as well use Tom and Jerry since we own them now. But at that point, there were stringent rules against violence for children's TV, and so it just was a mess. Uh, as far as uh, not really meeting the the uh, the, the uh, stereotype of what you're expecting from Tom and Jerry. Oh yeah, I know all about the standards. <laughs> we'll be talking about that in a future episode. Okay, so good. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Um, so the era that we were kids was the Filmation era. Filmation Studios actually got Tom and Jerry, and MGM commissioned them to create these Tom and Jerry uh, episodes. So it was the Tom and Jerry Comedy Show. And it was on Saturday mornings from 1980 to 1982. Okay, I definitely remember this uh, show coming on. I, I was a big Tom and Jerry fan, and so whenever I could see it, not as part of the Mr. Cartoon block, I could watch it here on Saturday mornings, and it's a whole show just for them. Right, and it was usually in, put in with a droopy short in the middle, a newer droopy short in the middle, I should say, not a Tex Avery or one of the classic ones. Big droopy fan, though. Yeah, Droopy, we may talk about that someday, but he's a funny guy. Um, but this was characterized, a lot of the music is synthesized. It's very repetitive, uh, maybe sped up, slowed down, but it's largely the same 
songs in every episode. Is that the one with the... Yeah, that was like the comment. Yeah, that was uh, the same thing that happened over and over again in those episodes. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, so the music sticks out, but maybe not in a good way. Maybe it sticks in your head because it was just always the same type of music every episode. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with action going on in the background. It was just, we need to have music, so we're going to have the same music again. Right, so uh, as I mentioned, Turner, Ted Turner and Turner Broadcasting bought the rights to a lot of that. Those libraries... Uh, MGM and all that when, when uh, in 86. So they also got Tom and Jerry. So they started doing different things with Tom and Jerry. First started updating the original episodes to make them uh, more broadcast friendly because standards obviously had changed in society from the 40s and 50s and even the 60s when these cartoons were made. Uh, so they, they tried to update them to meet the modern sensibilities. Yeah, and that was changing the Mammy Two-Shoes character to a British nanny character, I guess, for lack of a better term, among other things. Um, there are probably a lot of, like, bombs going off in faces that probably were taken out, I would imagine, too. Yeah, a lot of that episodes, uh, a lot of that humor in the context that doesn't really work uh, today. Um, so th- there were other, obviously, incarnations of this that passed us by because we were past, or should have been past, cartoon age. <laughs> didn't uh, always stop us, but most of the time it did. So, yeah, in the, from 90 to 94, there was Tom and Jerry Kids that, that aired. I remember the theme, uh, but I don't remember watching it. I remember, I guess, I would watch it come on, but then I'm like, you know, in high school at that point. And I probably think to myself, I really shouldn't be watching Tom and Jerry now. So this is part of that babyfication of a lot of the cartoons. If you think about the Flintstones kids and the Muppet babies, just there was a big time for a while where, we have to make these people young. Even like, okay, now in the Smurfs, we have to have the Smurflings. We have to, it's, we can't get these people young enough. We have to have kid versions of these characters, and we need it stat. For some reason, I guess the thought was that kids could not relate to adult characters, but I never thought of, oh, Tom and Jerry, they're adults. They're animals. So I don't, you know, they just try to cash in on that babyfication. Yeah, I guess they were, you know, Tom Kitten and <laughs> Jerry. Mouth. I don't know what a young mouse is. Mouseling yeah. or something. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. But, but yeah, so there's, uh, as they, when they merged with uh, Warner Brothers, that you started to see different uh, versions of cartoons as well. And these, th- this is fascinating to me. I, and I, I got to find these to watch someday. I don't know if they're available online or what, but, but they, they came out with a lot. Do you know how many movies that, that have been made from Tom and Jerry? Like, okay. I know there's that really recent live action one. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, there was, there was two theatrical films that came out for Tom and Jerry: one in a uh, '93 and one in 2021, okay. which is the newest one. Is that what you're talking about? How Tom and Jerry movies? Those are the theatrical films. Okay, and I'm talking about the directed video films. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, how about fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> 15. I would not have guessed that high. Yeah, and, and what it was, was Warner Brothers is just trying to ring out their um, you know, their IP uh, onto these characters. So it's really cartoon remakes of a lot of their classic movies, but with Tom and Jerry in them, and just kind of told from their perspective. That's weird. So yeah, so you've got things like Tom and Jerry, The Fast and the Furry. Right, I know, right? Tom and Jerry meet Sherlock Holmes. Tom and Jerry and the Wizard of Oz. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, Tom and Jerry back to Oz. This is the one that get enough. intrigues me. Tom and Jerry, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> well, that's definitely going on the two watch list. Right. And I started looking into that. And basically, it, it, that came out in 2017. 2017. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. These are just under our radar for some reason. It's just an animated adaptation of the 71 film with Tom and Jerry in it. Why do they play? They play Tom and Jerry. They chase each other over town. I'm reading the Wikipedia page right now. Plot. Tom and Jerry chase each other all over town while searching for food until Jerry disappears with a group of children who go to Bill's candy shop. And the shop owner gives children free candy while Tom and Jerry continue their antics in the shop. It's basically the movie, but Tom and Jerry are also in it doing stuff. So it's like deleted scenes, but they were just Tom and Jerry doing their cartoon antics. Exactly. Exactly right. Like, uh, later on in the uh, description of the plot, Tom and Jerry earn a dollar coin by recycling milk bottles, but lose it in a gutter after fighting over it. Charlie finds the coin and uses it to buy a Wonka bar for Grandpa Joe. So it's like the secret origins of some things that happen in the story. How did that coin get there? Well, Tom and Jerry put it there. Right, and, and it's just the same plot, basically, as the movie, but it's also animated, and also Tom and Jerry are in it. And it's fully animated. It's not like a mix of live action. It's just all animated. No, it's all animated. Okay. Uh, if it was some type of Roger Rabbit thing or, or like the modern, the 2021 movie, that would be interesting. But no, it's just all animated. Uh, but it's it's not loved by the critics. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why. Right. The, the, the One review to talk about on Wikipedia here says it's not just stupid, it's insulting. It's a cheap mockbuster. With a cat and mouse artlessly, needlessly inserted. Well, I would probably have to agree with that. Sight unseen, I would have to agree with that. I don't know that we really need another uh, Willy Wonka tie-in. Right, yeah, I know they, that there are also episodes that, are, that have been produced and may be airing today. I didn't look a lot into this as far as like a, a new half-hour show that, that kind of takes characters and and tries to make it more modern, like newer episodes. But I haven't really, I didn't really do a lot of digging into that because my fake, my main focus was on the the original cartoons and then the how they changed over the years and the updates and, and the movies that they made from that. And that makes sense. Um, I know they're going to keep recycling this probably forever because it's just a classic idea. And the classic characters, Tom and Jerry, and even like Spike and his nephew and you know the other classic characters that made their way into multiple episodes. So. If they own the IP, might as well uh, use it. Right. Some of those characters you mentioned, Spike is one. Topsy is kind of like the small, young-looking Tom. um, Who You know, there's a couple of variations on a theme episode. One where Tom was trying to teach Topsy how to catch a mouse, and he has a little mortarboard, like, cap on his head. And then there's one where Jerry's trying to teach Nibbles. Uh, So it's kind of variations on a theme that they did, recycle some of the plots. Quackers is a uh, character who shows up a few oh, times. I love Quackers. Yes, who either imprints on Tom as his mom or he just wants to be eaten. Um, <laughs> it's very dark. It's like a suicidal duckling. Yeah, yeah. Which you, There were Merry Melodies or Looney Tunes cartoons that are on that theme as well. Um, kind of weird plot, but there you go. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the movie that came out in 2021. Okay, and we did see this movie. Not in the theater. Uh, I think we saw it in our... Uh, Home theater in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was skeptical of the movie. And after I saw it, I 
I retained my skepticism. <laughs> yes. I appreciated what they did in the film. I thought it was high quality as far as the, uh, the animation and the mix between that and live action. But I didn't really agree with the characterization of, of Tom and Jerry in that film. No, the plot just didn't make sense to me. People accepted the fact that there was cartoons in the world a little too readily for me. Right, yeah, I didn't really understand why everybody was just so cool with that. Everybody just We just had to suspend our disbelief like that this was okay. Yeah, it wasn't explained well, and I guess they never planned on explaining it well. That's probably why. Um, but it did feel like sort of a cash grab to me. Like, hey, there's been a Smurfs cartoon with live action, and there's been other cartoons, so certainly we have Tom and Jerry, so let's just roll out a Tom and Jerry cartoon live action and see if we can make a stick. Right, so... You know, it's it's fine, but not really, uh, it wasn't for me, I guess. Um, and that makes me want to close with, would Tom and Jerry work today? Uh, I don't know. I think humor has changed or is standards have changed so much that the ultra violence is something that they're not looking for, at least for children's cartoons anymore. Now, it's not like cartoons don't have violence anymore. I'm sure they do, but a lot of the cartoons, I think, with violence now are more targeted towards adults and not towards kids. Right. So maybe there's a market out there to aim it toward adults, but even then, I feel that the sensibilities have changed so much that we should be thankful for what we have, you know. And I will say, if you want to see these, if you go to archive.org, you can find just about any Tom and Jerry episode you want. Uh, from the original, and I think even the Gene Deitch and Chuck Jones ones are there as well. Uh, yeah, maybe skip the Gene Deitch ones. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have to see them just to see what we're talking about if you've never seen them before because they're weird. But, uh, yeah, just stick with the, the, the golden age, as it were. <laughs> All right. Well, that was very interesting, very entertaining. Uh, so if you want to see more about our uh, podcast, you can go to Pack Brothers Pod, Pack Bros Podcast dot com, P A C K B R O S Podcast dot com. Go to Facebook and search for Pack Brothers Podcast. We're on Twitter. Uh, we have a email address. I think it's Pack Bros Podcast at gmail dot com. Any of those places. If you'd like us to do an episode about something else, just let us know, and we will make every effort to do that. Yeah, or let us know what you thought, what you liked, or what you didn't like, and uh, we aim to please. All right. Well, that's all for this time. And so we will wrap it up and uh, see you again soon. All anything, right. Anything of a good wrap up for these? Yeah, I don't know. Usually, I don't know if I could just have Tom yell or something. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. We, Tom's worked hard enough. Uh, yeah, he's tired. He's, he's asleep. All right. Well, thanks again. We'll talk to you later. I guess I'm about to say when I hang up the phone, so I'll say it here. It makes, it makes <laughs> no sense. a great sign-off. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> see you later. Until I think of something else better. Thank <laughs> you.